Welcome to episode number 71, Physical Weaknesses and Spiritual Disabilities. I am your host, Damon Soka. Now today we're going to talk about a perspective of the gospel of Jesus Christ that wanders a little into the unknown territory of the pre-mortal life. Now most scriptures and prophetic utterances upon the subject of pre-mortal life provide for wide-sweeping glimpses into important events rather than really any detail as to exactly what, how, why, when, and where. Even those recorded events are really limited in their scope, leaving the reader, us, with just a few clues as to the true nature of our life outside of mortality. However, it is important to my subject today to infer some basic principles and doctrine from that scant evidence we have been provided by prophets in the scriptures. Now, I have always asked questions in the gospel as part of my learning. Normally, I keep a set of questions in lingering kind of in the back of my mind that are waiting on answers from the Lord. I have learned that he gives us answers in his own way and time, and so my method is to ask and I wait. Now, one of those questions came to my mind over a decade ago and has provided me some, let's say, interesting answers. The question was actually very simple. How did Judas become Judas? He was chosen as an apostle of the Lord and spent three years walking, talking, and learning from him. He was chosen before mortality to be one of the 12 apostles, and not just one of the many apostles that would be called on the earth, but one of the original 12. Now, how do you go from, let's say, heaven to hell in such a short time frame as mortality? Now, this question led me to a follow-up question. How do celestial spirits raised by celestial parents in celestial courts become telestial, terrestrial, and even choose outer darkness? If we were raised in celestial worlds and had knowledge of celestial life, then why would we choose something else? Now, most certainly we knew and were taught what had happened to previous generations of spirit children in previous eternities. We had to have known the unhappiness and consequences of turning against the Father and the Savior and their plan in any form. Certainly our Father in heaven spoke to us of the worlds he had saved when he was as Christ is now, and of his own sacrifice and redemption of his people. Now regarding the idea of what we knew in the pre-mortal world, um, or the pre-mortal life, Elder Oaks in the April 2020 conference stated this, In the council in heaven, all spirit children of God were introduced to the Father's plan, including its mortal consequences and trials, its heavenly helps, and its glorious destiny. We saw the end from the beginning. And I'm going to repeat that part of his quote again. We saw the end from the beginning. So we had great knowledge. Why would we choose anything else? Now, the answer to that question is not as simple as, oh, we had agency. It deals with how independent spiritual beings are brought into consciousness and the principles of creation. But the birth of spirit children is not really my focus today. What is important to note is that many spirit children throughout many eternal generations have chosen and continue to choose either no immortality, meaning no body, or immortality without eternal life, meaning, well, mortality, immortality without celestial life. 
Now, we know this to be true because we've been told about the one-third of our brothers and sisters who were lost with Lucifer's plan. Now, additionally, we know through Doctrine and Covenants 76, Joseph Smith's revelation on the degrees of glory, he states specifically that he saw those of our brothers and sisters that were in the celestial kingdom that had been assigned there, that they were as the sands of the seas. Now, by the way, the only kingdom in which he mentions any quantity of people in that revelation is in the celestial kingdom. So just by estimation, it would appear that at least two-thirds of our father's spirit children have chosen either partial spiritual death, which is celestial life, or complete spiritual death, which is outer darkness. Now that has always felt significant to me that perfect parents could raise so many imperfect, defiant children. Now, while we may not know the exact cause of their spiritual weakness and rebellion, what can be seen from the many who have chosen poorly in this life and in the previous life is that not only did we have agency, which is knowledge of good and evil, but we had great agency and great knowledge. We truly knew the end from the beginning. Now, Lucifer could never have been so harshly punished if he did not possess so great great a knowledge and agency. And the same holds true for everyone who has that knowledge. Now, what we see from the one-third who lost everything and from the various degrees of glory is that we were not all equal when it came to how we used our agency in the pre-mortal world. While our access to pre-mortal knowledge didn't really appear to differ much, our response to and obedience to that knowledge did differ drastically. The point to this background and premortal information and theory is that we did not come to earth as equals spiritually. We vary in spirituality from the most righteous to some of the most wicked, and everything in between. Our level of spiritual nature coming into mortality was dependent entirely upon us and our obedience to celestial principles, covenants in the and covenants in the premortal life we determined how we would enter this world spiritually and how prepared we would be for mortality. Now, for me, this answers at least in part how so many celestial spirits have chosen so poorly in this life with regards to spiritual matters. Many of them came into this world unprepared for the mortal tests as they did not know do that which was good and right in the pre-mortal worlds. Each of us has a spirit that spent eons of time in pre-mortality learning and growing and really preparing for this mortal test. Due to our experiences in pre-mortality, our spirits will have great strengths and also have uh, some weaknesses as to obedience and spiritual matters. It is only natural that spirits who were inclined to righteous living in pre-mortality would be inclined to have righteous inclinations in mortality. The first and most important ideas about mortality is that it is a continuation of pre-mortality, not a starting over, and that we came with strengths and weaknesses already learned and built into our spirits. We knew that not only would we have to learn to control mortal bodies, but that we were going to have to accomplish it with the strengths and weaknesses we possessed when we arrived in mortality. Now, I think that many spirits probably left celestial life as a spirit fully conscious that they would probably not likely return to the Father. Now, I believe that there was great hope, but also a recognition that some of our brothers and sisters 
had not prepared sufficiently to overcome the tests that were necessary for their salvation. They had already failed many tests in the pre-mortal life, and mortality was only going to be more difficult. But I also believe that they knew, even with their faults, that the Lord would grant them the greatest happiness they could achieve within the various degrees of glory. Now, sometime before we came to this earth life, we were all preliminarily judged and then given responsibilities and opportunities based on that preliminary judgment. And we were judged as to our spiritual nature. We had developed during our preparations for mortality and our loyalty to the Savior. Now, Abraham speaks of this partial judgment in chapter 3, verse 23 of the book named after him. And he states the following, And God saw these souls that they were And God saw these souls, that they were good, and he stood in the midst of them. And he said, These I will make my rulers, for he stood among those that were spirits, and he saw that they were good. Now the words saw and pronouncing a judgment of good provides for this preliminary judgment. Because you cannot be judged, good or evil, without knowledge, agency, covenants, faith, and obedience, or perhaps lack thereof, Based on a judgment of good and evil, good, evil, and in between, our talents we had developed and the Father's omniscience, we were divided into families, and given specific physical weaknesses, we would inherit immortality and strengths to allow for growth and development of our necessary celestial attributes. Now, what is important is that the Lord does not give spiritual weaknesses, Any spiritual weaknesses we possessed coming into mortality was through our own knowledge and agency. The Lord does give physical weaknesses to help us develop spiritual attributes necessary for celestial life, but He does not weaken our spiritual tendencies for good or evil. Part of the purpose of the veil and of this life was to bring forth our true tendencies for good and evil. The veiling of our activities and previous knowledge allows for our true spiritual desires to come forth without bias. Now, when the Lord speaks of weakness in Ether 12.27, they are physical, genetic, and environmental weaknesses, not spiritual ones. The Lord alters our physical experience on the earth to best suit our needs and our ability to return to celestial life. Nothing in this life that is given by the Lord is arbitrary or needless. Everything has a wise purpose and a celestial design. Now, yes, Lucifer is allowed by, by influence, influencing the agencies of others to give us significant trouble, but the Lord does not allow Lucifer to sabotage our celestial opportunity and will make up any needed difference that Lucifer might inflict upon us. Thus, everything can truly work together for our good, even if Lucifer gets involved. Now, each of us has been given a set of mortal, environmental conditions and physical weaknesses with which we are required to work through for our salvation. Those weaknesses extend wide and they vary significantly, and they vary per individual. We can have genetic weaknesses such as mental illness, diabetes, heart and vein issues, mental acuity problems, autoimmune diseases, and every type of genetic disorder known and perhaps still unknown to science. We can also have these in abundance, meaning we can have more than one. We may also be placed into undesirable circumstances environmentally, such as families not in the gospel or families with little to no faith in God, abusive families, poverty, 
areas or countries with significant problems of morality, crime, pollution, and lack of charity, we may find ourselves in an abusive situation or physic abusive situation, physically, emotionally, or mentally, scarred by the actions of others. Now, I'm not saying that the Lord specifically places individuals in situations of abuse as part of their trial in life. I often think of those types of situations as more of Lucifer's domain, where the Lord simply makes up the difference in our lives through grace. What I am saying, though, is that our challenges are not random or some type of punishment for our disobedience in pre-mortal life. Yes, obedient, loyal, pre-mortal individuals are often sent to homes with the gospel, but not necessarily as a reward, but as a responsible person sent with a mission to help others here on the earth. The Lord needs good people to help those who might have spiritual and physical weaknesses to overcome in this life, and so he often raises up righteous individuals within and without his church to provide those needed benefits. Now, the important concept in all of this is that your spiritual nature, your desires for good and evil, your potential were all weighed during the first preliminary judgment. And then you were given a set of mortal conditions that would provide you the greatest opportunity to return to the highest degree glory possible. Now, these opportunities include parents and ancestry, mortal, physical limitations, disease and illness, country and culture, and all elements of mortality that would influence you. Mental illness is not some random occurrence to hinder your progress into the eternities, but was a specific condition assigned to you for your happiness and progression. Now, I know what I've just said feels and sounds counterintuitive, but it is accurate. The Lord did not leave anything in your life to chance or random occurrence. Now, having explained a little bit of the origins and purposes of the mental illness and these types of physical problems, it's important to understand some of the consequences and designs for your illness. There are three main, what I'll call consequential blessings you can receive as you work your way through mental illness and gospel living. The first of these blessings is the difficulty of hearing the Spirit and finding spiritual peace in your life. The second is going to be a diminished capacity to accomplish good works socially, emotionally, and physically. This is what I like to refer to as a 10-talent person limited in mortality to a 5-talent person. And third, you will be dependent upon the Lord and others for help. Now, when we talk about these purposeful spiritual disabilities, I realize that the blessings that I have just mentioned do not seem to be blessings at all. They appear from the outside perspective to be hindrances or spiritual disabilities brought about by a terrible illness of the mind and, and emotional chemistry of the body. It is true that mental illness brings upon us spiritual disabilities, and we are asked to work out our salvation within those disabilities. But if we widen the perspective and see these disabilities as our Father might see them, then they make more sense as consequential blessings. The Father knew us intimately, and as the saying goes, He probably knew us better than we knew ourselves. He knew what we needed in this life, in this mortality, to obtain eternal life. He also knew that if we did not achieve the necessary changes and spiritual revisions in our souls, we would not be able to serve with Him in His kingdom. We were not perfected, and all of us needed some expanding of our spiritual nature and some spiritual enlightenment. Because He is God— and our loving Father, 
He knew that it was his responsibility to provide conditions whereby we could develop into our full potential. It was and continues to be against the law of heaven to place us into conditions that were easy but would not provide for celestial development. I'm going to repeat that. It was and continues to be against the law of heaven to place us into conditions that are easy but would not provide for our celestial development. That was and is still Lucifer's plan. Our Father was bound by celestial laws to provide all necessary experiences that we could return to Him and to celestial life. Of course, in providing these opportunities, the Lord knew that many would not pass the tests He would give. But tests are not given to us based on whether we will pass them. They are given based on our spiritual needs and the Lord's cause for us and others of immortality and eternal life for His children. The Father must provide the tests. Otherwise, we would not be able to enter into celestial life. And God does not fail in His purposes. Otherwise, He cannot be God. Mental illness, of course, would be one of those more difficult trials in life. He knew that those assigned to this illness would struggle immensely, but He could not withhold it from them, for it was for their good and to fulfill His purposes. And so, it has been given to us who need it in our lives. Meaning, if we failed in this life, meaning even if we failed in this life, the Lord provided the opportunities, grace and mercy necessary to exalt us. And we simply did not take advantage of what we had been given. Now, I understand that just knowing the idea that mental illness is for our blessing does not necessarily lessen the darkness or the pain of the hour, especially in those terrible dark hours. Now, the Lord understands that sometimes it is enough for us just to get through the day, much less accomplish anything. Now, I would not think that because our illness is for our good, that we won't suffer, plead, and even perhaps complain at times, and even lose sight of the good it does and can provide. I don't think, I, well, I'm not asking someone afflicted to rejoice because they have depression or crippling anxiety or debilitating bipolar symptoms. And I really don't think the Lord is either. But understand, the divine purpose for our suffering and our access to mercy and grace can alter the way we suffer and the outcomes of the trials we face. Purposes don't deaden the pain or cause the light to appear in the darkness, but they do give hope and alter the way we approach our Father and our Savior. Purposes can also help us to guide our decisions and aid us in making appropriate changes in our lives. And in the end, allow our suffering to be meaningful and life-changing. Now, understanding the end goal also allows us to see the changes in ourselves and better understand how the trial is working to our benefit. Now, taking a look at the three consequential blessings, each has a design to increase spiritual capacity and bring us humbly to the Lord with appropriate faith, humility, understanding, guidance, and determination, those three consequential spiritual disabilities brought about by our illness will provide us with the ability to make necessary changes in heart and mind through the grace and mercy of the atonement. It is unlikely that we would seek to develop ourselves in such unique ways without the illness. Now, the Lord is kind, just, merciful, loving, and devoted to His children, 
and devoted to his children and becoming dependent upon him through trying circumstances is one of the greatest consequential blessings one can receive. If you truly want to understand the Lord and come to know him, then having an illness that requires daily dependence upon him is actually a marvelous gift. I know that it may not seem that way, especially when the illness takes its toll on the body and mind, but I have had so many rich experiences because of my illnesses that I would likely never have experienced. I could not have the testimony of the Lord the way I do without my illness. It simply would not have been possible. Now, while I have struggled deeply, emotionally, mentally, and physically, I do thank the Lord for my illness and the consequential blessings found hidden within its perhaps high brick walls. I am grateful for physical weaknesses that cause my spiritual disabilities that in the end just might be the fiery trial that saves me in his kingdom. Now may the Lord continue to bless bless you to see, understand, and appreciate what you have. And as always, remember to do your part so that the Lord can do his. We'll talk to you next week.